Welcome to the marvel of mind-body medicine. Over the next hour, you will learn about your own healing superpowers and how to access them. The latest in epigenetics meets ancient wisdom. Your hosts are Dr. Laura Stuve, a molecular biologist who mapped the human genome, and Dr. Janet Galipo, a doctor of Chinese medicine who has traveled the world to ensure all have access to healthcare. These sought-after practitioners and instructors of science-based intuitive medicine want to emphasize your body has answers. Welcome to the marvel of mind-body medicine. I'm Dr. Janet Galipo. And I'm Dr. Laura Stuve. So welcome. In the last couple of episodes, we've explored stories of healing from common health issues that many of us face. So we've looked at women's health from PMS to hot flashes. And then last week, we took a look at what's possible if you're one of the millions of people worldwide that are suffering from the debilitating fatigue, brain fog, and pain of long COVID. Today, we're going to return to a conversation about the mind-body connection. Specifically, how does our mental-emotional balance impact how our brain functions and our physical health? We're going to be talking with two mental health professionals, Leah Segi, and a psychotherapist, and Judy Safrier, a holistic psychiatrist. So everyone knows that we live in an incredibly fast paced and stressful time. We've all just spent the last three years in a global pandemic, and many of us have experienced unprecedented disruption to our lives and much more isolation than ever before. So how might this be impacting us? So before we dive into this conversation with our guests, Dr. Laura, do you want to share a little bit about the science of how our stress can have a powerful influence over our health? Um, yes, as you know, Janet, this is one of my favorite topics. Um, and the first thing that I want our listeners to understand in terms of the science is what are our emotions? So emotions are chemicals made by our bodies. The nerve cells in our brains make them our immune cells make them, and endocrine tissues like our adrenals make hormones that are the biochemicals of our emotions. And each emotion is not a single chemical, but it's a cocktail of many biochemicals. So uh, a mixture of hormones and cytokines running around your bloodstream and neurotransmitters zipping through your brain. So these cocktails determine your emotional state. And I call the chemicals in the cocktails communicators because that's what they're doing, okay? They're communicating between cells in your brain and cells in your brain and your body so that you can drive your car or manage your blood sugar or fight off the flu virus. And if you're angry, that means that anger communicators are running through your body. And some of the communicators that create the emotional states of anger, frustration, and impatience are also involved in communicating physical pain. And they're also involved in inflammation. So here we see 
a mind-body connection. So in contrast, if you're feeling happy and optimistic, you have a whole different set of communicators running through your brain and body. And these might also generate a sense of feeling trusting and hopeful, help you make better decisions in your life, and they can physically heal your heart condition. Amazing. Laura, do you want to share with our listeners about how our chronic stress, so feeling fearful, worried, overwhelmed, or hopeless impacts our immune system? So if we look at the connections between uh, chronic stress and our immune cells, this is a great mind-body puzzle to understand. So researchers have recently shown that when we are feeling those stressful emotions that you just highlighted, when we're worried, frustrated, feeling overwhelmed, or like we don't have enough support in our life, What's happening in your immune cells? Well, they're turning up the fires of inflammation. So a stress response is an inflammation response in your body. And we all live through major and minor stresses, heartbreaks, job layoffs. We worry about our finances and our families. And many of us have faced loneliness and isolation from the pandemic conditions. All of these situations basically can elevate inflammation in your body. And when that happens, your pain, your allergies, your, you know, gut inflammation, all of that can go up. So science tells us what happens after we recover from the stressor and we're not worried about it any longer. Does the inflammation follow suit and go away? And the answer is sometimes it does and sometimes not. Sometimes the inflammation actually gets stuck on a setting of high and you have persistent uh, digestive issues or shoulder pain. And I want to highlight this is where a mind-body practitioner can make a difference. They can make the connection, let's say, between the very stressful conditions that you experienced when you were 10 years old and your parents got a painful divorce and what happened in your body, chronic food sensitivities that happened at that same time. And we're going to be hearing about some of these stories today. So Janet, before we introduce our guests, I want to turn it back to you. Um, One thing that Chinese medicine gives us that you've taught many of us is that it tells us uh, which emotions will impact which systems and which areas of the body. So can you share a bit about this fascinating map um, from Chinese medicine with our listeners? Sure. Well, in Chinese medicine, the impact of stress on the body can actually be seen in all five organ systems and, of course, their associated meridians. So, for example, stress impacts the free flow of qi in the liver, um, resulting in liver congestion, pain, and emotional upset due to this interruption of the free flow of qi. So when we feel stressed, our qi, which is our energy, stops flowing within our meridian system. And this can result in mental, emotional, and physical symptoms. 
so you were just talking about the liver here and this congestion that can happen. Um, are there any particular emotional states or physical symptoms that we might have if our liver chi isn't moving? Yes, anger and frustration. <laughs> so this is where you hear like this person has an anger management issue. When we hear that, we know that this means this is a congestion of liver chi or what we call liver chi stagnation. And congested livers in Chinese medicine can also trigger pain conditions, stubborn pain conditions. So, you know, stubborn low back pain, stubborn shoulder pain, neck pain, really it can be anywhere in the body. And we know that there is some kind of underlying chi stagnation in this case that is affecting um, that area of the body. So what other um, connections can you make for us, Janet, between emotional states and, and areas of the body impacted from Chinese medicine? Well, we can look at the heart. So stress impacts the heart by affecting something called the Shen, which uh, in Chinese medicine, we translate as consciousness. And according to Chinese medicine, our consciousness, our Shen is stored in the heart. And so here we're talking about our deepest feelings, our emotions, and our deepest sense of self. Um, and so when we get stressed, we really can't access our good feelings about ourselves, our feelings of love, of happiness, of gratitude. And then this creates emotional imbalance. So our, our ability to experience joy, um, the joy that's kind of natural to the heart is impacted and life can become depressing. It can become colorless and without meaning. So thanks, Janet. We're starting to build the story of these interconnections. But before we move on to our guests, I just want to ask about worry. Okay, there's so many things to worry about today in our own lives, families, jobs, and then money. This, and then there's the state of the world, a gazillion things to worry about there. So how are all these compound worries impacting us? Yeah, so stress impacts the spleen organ system by creating worry and anxiety. Um, the spleen in Chinese medicine is the key to digestive system health. And so constant worry will impact the function of digestion. Constant worry will also affect our clarity of thinking because the spleen influences the thinking process. And so then we see things like brain fog or an inability to focus. So um, we now want to welcome our first guest. So, so welcome, Leah. And well, I've had the pleasure of knowing Leah for, for a long time. I was trying to remember exactly when I first met Leah. I think it might have been in 1995 on Lincoln Road in Miami Beach. Um, and so uh, she was a very successful uh, psychotherapist uh, at that point. Um, she's been in private practice for a long time, I think, you know, 30 or 40 years. She works with individuals, she works with couples and groups, um, and she has a very diverse background in, in social work, Jungian analysis, hypnotherapy, and many different mind-body systems, including EMDR training, uh, body talk, mind-body medicine training, psyche training, Bach flower essences, um, neuroemotional technique, 
Um, and most recently, she's trained as a master lover body intuitive practitioner. And so, and so we know that Leia incorporates a lot of amazing uh, techniques in her psychotherapy uh, practice. So again, welcome, Leia. So anyway, I want to ask you first, um, how did you start working in, in psychotherapy in the first place? Well, I was fascinated from reading Jung and Freud and my belief that the unconscious holds so much more than what we know consciously. And so I started pursuing depth psychology, and that brought me to hypnosis. I wanted to know how do you actually start manipulating the unconscious to get people in balance with what they consciously want, finding out where their unconscious might be obstructing them. And then I went into EMDR, which a client said, you must, if you're a therapist, you must learn EMDR. It's the only thing that's going to help me. So I did this for a client when EMDR training came to Miami Beach. And I was blown away by the fact that in a practicum with a trainee just like me, somebody that had no experience in, in 20 minutes, I reached a level of awareness that was body related to a thing that I thought, well, this happened when I was 18 years old, no big deal. And there was so much body reaction using EMDR that really brought me into a whole new modality. And I went very deep into that, but I was intrigued. At the time, it was very controversial. Uh, psychologists thought this is not possible that you can cure people in three sessions that have been traumatized. But I was seeing in my office, yes, you can, you can. And I was amazed. I was promoting EMDR everywhere. But really more fascinating to me was how does it work? Nobody really knew how it worked. And so I wanted to explore what's going on in the brain, what's going on in the body. Why is this such a radical way to intervene uh, for trauma? And that led me on this whole journey, which you named some of the modalities. So my toolbox has been a collection of different mind-body treatments, including EMDR, but going well beyond that with some of the things you said, body intuitive has been the latest addition, which has been remarkable because it gives me an opportunity to combine all these different modalities and the, the key for my practice has been that I, I have all this information and knowledge that I've accumulated over decades, and I have an intuitive way to enter in and find out for this particular client what is going to be the most appropriate and the most effective way to treat them. And that's been phenomenal because... It used to be, I would say, oh, no, somebody's coming and they've got all these problems. What am I going to do? Now I, I'm asking, using a very structured, intuitive process, I'm asking the innate wisdom of the client and myself to give me the right answer. And it gives me a lot of confidence that just follow the system that is there. You ask the right questions, you're going to get the right answers. It's kind of amazing. It's still, it still <laughs> intrigues me that it's possible. So 
Thanks for sharing that that journey of your um, kind of your professional practice. So I'd like uh, to understand since you started bringing in mind body techniques, mind body medicine, how did that shift kind of you know what you were seeing, uh, what you were able to address, or the rate of progress um, of of recovery of the people that you work with. Well, I, I had been working when I first came to Florida as a director of a family service agency. And the typical way that I would treat anybody is they come in, you tell them, we'll start with a 12-week program and we'll reevaluate it for the next 12 weeks. And that's the way uh, I was supposed to treat people. With the mind-body medicine I see every particular session as complete and discrete in itself that you can do in one session a tremendous amount of work without looking at how is this going to impact the the whole. If a person wants more, I kind of think of it like an artichoke, you know, each leaf that you pull off, you're getting to the heart of the person. And that is where the person wants to be without all these extraneous things that are keeping them from living their life fully and thriving. And so I I don't anymore tell people how long it's going to take. I say, have one session and your body and your mind are going to respond to releasing the stress that your system is under. And that could begin a cascade of positive effects you want more, you know, the more is possible, it's better. And so that's the way I do it one session at a time. So thank you um, for sharing, Leah. And this is Dr. Laura, and we'll be con- continuing our conversation with you after this short commercial break here. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Looking for an herbal company you can trust to provide the best practitioner quality herbal extracts and formulas? Herbalists and Alchemist has been crafting traditional herbal products since 1982. Founded by international known herbalist, educator, and ethobotanist David Winston, Herbalist and Alchemist is a resource for practitioners seeking high quality herbal products as well as hard to find botanicals. We're home to the unique spogeric alchemical process producing the finest full-spectrum extracts manufactured from organically grown or ecologically harvested botanicals. Available through herbalist-alchemist.com and sold in finer health food stores. As the first herbal supplements company to become a certified B Corp, we put environmental, community, and employee well-being ahead of company profits. Save 15% with the sign up and save link on www.herbalist-alchemist.com. Do you want to add an anti-aging miracle to your daily routine? A magical three acupoint powerhouse for rejuvenation at the cellular and soul level? Join our free cell and soul circle for February, classical Chinese medicine and anti-aging reset. Each month, we'll meet to share practical, accessible tips, vibrant health boosters, and an opportunity to see a live body intuitive session in action. 
Register now for February's Classical Chinese Medicine and Anti-Aging Reset with Dr. Janet Galipo. Tuesday, February 21st, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Register now at bodyintuitive.org. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to the marvel of mind-body medicine. If you have questions for Dr. Janet and Dr. Laura or their guests, please email us at healing at bodyintuitive.org. That's healing at bodyintuitive.org. Now, back to the show. Oh, so Leah, I love your your enthusiasm and and what you shared before our break. And um, I want to ask you: Do you have a client story to share with our listeners that that illustrates um, both the impact on on mental emotional issues as well as physical symptoms? Yes, I do. I I have a lot, but I thought of this one because it in reference to the idea of how fast. Uh, this mind-body medicine can work. This woman came to me. She happened to be in Miami for just a a couple of months, and she was in severe physical uh, downturn. She had been going to many doctors, taking many labs, exams, and she had been to a rheumatologist for her fibromyalgia, a gastroenterologist for all kinds of stomach, digestive, bloating, um, pain, and uh, she had liver issues. She was going to a hepatologist. She was feeling like her uh, life energy was just closing in on her. And she had a feeling because she was a kind of evolved in the meditation world and spiritually that there may have been some relationship between the trauma of her past and all these physical symptoms. And she, of course, was very right about that. So we started to do some work and I saw her only five sessions with dramatic results, uh, even given how severe her uh, symptoms were. We did a variety of different kinds of treatment, including uh, body intuitive, including EMDR. She had been severely traumatized as a child or a teenager by the time she was 17. She had no family connection. Her her parents basically told her, go to foster care if you want parents. Um, she um, had a traumatic childbirth. She had a child and the birth was traumatic. She had a car accident that was traumatic. So she had multiple things that impacted her. Now, ordinarily, if I hadn't been trained with thanks to you two and, and others along the way, I would have been overwhelmed by the amount of trouble she was in. But I would use this intuitive mind-body test to ask, where do I start? What's the priority? How do I go about it? What do I have to look at first? And it's, you know, like I said, the answers are there if you ask the right questions. And I worked with her for five sessions only. Her sleep, which had been highly erratic, improved. Her digestion was moderated. The the bloating was down. She could start digesting food again. She was um, 
in general, all that trauma that she had been holding in her body, the stress, the nervous system, sympathetic nervous reaction to everything was calmed down. I mean, she had been trying to do that with meditation, but she couldn't get to the physical impact of all this trauma. And so uh, to me, that was a great story of the Western medicine doctors. All they were doing was telling her how sick she was. She knew that, but she wasn't getting any help. And working with the emotional uh, storage that she had stored in her body um, unconsciously, and I love the Candace Pert molecules of emotion author who who said the body is the unconscious mind and that's what was going on in her body all the unconscious trauma was stored in her body and unraveling it piece by piece uh she was feeling a lot of relief and then she could blend that with her um what she already knew from her meditation and her practice so it was really a, a very gratifying patient for me to work with because she was already developed. She just didn't know how to get the relief for her physical complaints. Great story, Leah. And um, it really shows how you have integrated all of these different techniques to do this kind of unwinding, you know, over, you said five sessions. Um, and, um, and it really kind of shows uh, what's what's possible. So, so wonderful. Yeah. And I, and I think the other thing it illustrates here, Leah, is that a feature of you know, the type of work that you do with the with the mind body tools that you, that you use is when there's so many traumas, like what layer of the onion do you peel first? And the the tools, the the mind body systems tell you start here, go here next, like so that things can be approached in a way that someone is ready to be vulnerable and and release. So is there anything that you want to kind of say on that topic before we move on to our next guest? Well, I think when dealing with trauma, and trauma is a big buzzword these days in the mental health world, everybody now knows that they've been traumatized. We've all been traumatized with COVID. But I think the key uh, in working with trauma is that there has to be an understanding that the person is safe emotionally. I've had many people come to me that have been to therapists to do trauma work and they've been re-traumatized by going into areas that were painful and you know opening up all their defense systems again so uh having this uh mind body way of checking to see what's the priority and how safe is it and always getting permission for safety first that makes me feel very comfortable that I'm not going to take somebody and make them worse than they were when they came in. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Leah. I, you know, your level of proficiency um, of, you know, your, your integration of, of psychotherapy and mind body medicine is fantastic. And I think that your clients are really lucky to have you. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And um, now we're going to move on and introduce our second guest. So uh, Dr. Judy uh, Safrier, 
And I met Judy when she was interested in coming to a mind-body medicine class that we were teaching, the beginning body intuitive course. Um, And she wanted to understand what this modality was about. She uh, already had a very rich, integrative uh, practice in holistic psychiatry and psychoanalysis. And um, you'll hear more about that story later. So uh, Judy is a MD. She's got a very holistic approach in her private practice in Massachusetts. Um, She's on the the faculty of Harvard Med School and the Boston Psychoanalytic Institute, and she teaches and supervises people at the Cambridge Hospital. So in her practice, she has many approaches that address really someone from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. So she does use body intuitive. She integrates shamanism, Reiki, work with the Akashic Records, as well as her interests in astrology and tarot. So um, welcome, Judy. We're really excited to have you join us today. Thanks for inviting me. And so we're going to start at the beginning of your journey. So when you were in medical school doing your psychiatric training, what did you envision for your future practice? Did you already have this holistic orientation or did it come along somewhere along the way? It came along later, but I was never someone who was thinking that I was going to be like a conventional psychiatrist that um, was primarily a psychopharmacologist. I was always more interested in the humanistic side and in understanding people psychologically. So I had in mind that I would be a psychoanalyst and um, a psychotherapist more as, as, as well as a psychiatrist, but not a psychopharmacologist. And how did you decide what to include in your practice to to help your patients? Well, I try to meet people where they are. So um, I have lots of interests and lots of tools, and they may not be what my patient is interested in. So, for instance, I would never introduce astrology to a patient who wasn't interested in exploring that way. I... Um, try and assess what is needed, and I offer um, from my toolkit. And I mean, there's certain things that I'm pretty clear on that if a person isn't interested in making changes, that it's going to be hard to help them. Um, one of those things is um, diet. Uh, yeah. So I. I always have a pretty extensive conversation with someone before I set up an initial consultation to assess their level of motivation because a holistic approach to treating depression and anxiety and psychiatric symptoms is not just like, um, you know, prescribing Prozac and um, saying, I'll see you in three months. There's a lot of commitment and effort required on the part of the patient. So it's, it's a, it's a big collaboration but there has to be a high level of motivation on the part of the patient and capacity. Um, So I'd like to turn to um, a period in your um, history that you described to us about 15 years ago, um, where your personal challenges encourage you to seek out alternative systems for yourself. And that eventually led to incorporating 
um, mind-body techniques and mind-body medicine into your practice. So can you say a little bit about how you got to the the integration of mind-body medicine that, that you use today? It all unfolded very organically. And um, as you mentioned, um, in 2005, uh, both my parents died within three months of each other, and my marriage ended, and I had three little children. And I was just kind of putting one foot in front of another at, at that point. And I consulted an astrologer for the first time, and I was so amazed at um, her her insight and her understanding of me that she could see so much from looking at the horoscope that I went back to see her a number of times um, over the next couple of years to look at the charts of my children and my family, and then decided that I wanted to learn to do this myself. And that was kind of like the beginning. And it coincided with, um, it was also like, there was a lot of information becoming available on the internet. So I was learning about new things that um, I hadn't been aware of before. And I came across the work of Natasha Campbell McBride, who um, is a person who was sort of way ahead of her time in terms of writing about the um, gut brain axis. And so I just began to incorporate one holistic healing modality after another into what I was doing already with my patients in terms of psychotherapy and psychoanalysis. And um, it led me down many different roads and I would apply what I learned not only to myself, but also with my patients. And um, it just kind of organically happened and increasingly my life and my approach became spiritualized and it's, it's a very different practice than 15 years ago. So you shared with us um, in the past that you got to a point where you felt that there was something missing, some intuitive piece was missing in your, um, your psychotherapy practice. Um, and you heard about body intuitive when you were in um, another training. So can you speak for a minute about the role of, of intuition in your practice after body intuitive? I think it's really taken off. You know, I, I feel like body intuitive, um, the methodology freed me in some kind of way to be more creative and more imaginative and to pay more attention to um, my intuition and what occurs to me. And one thing that I love about body intuitive is that it provides this structure that allows me to incorporate so many of the things that I have learned over the years and to fit them in and make use of them when I work with people. Um, and I just feel freed by it. And I feel um, more, I have more permission to um, be more playful than I was before and less mechanical. I, I mean, my practice previous to body intuitive was there. I, I did use astrology and of course, psychoanalysis, which is not mechanical, but it was more functional medicine, um, the, a functional medicine piece. And Um, Now I'm using a lot more things that I've learned in body intuitive, like um, the acupressure points that from Chinese medicine that I that was completely new to me. And um, I became fascinated with the 
learning about the spiritual function of those points. And it just has added a richness and a dimension and a variety of avenues to include that I didn't have before. Um, so I'm going to follow on from that question because I also love the each acupoint has like a, a poetic metaphor and we learn about physically what it can shift in the body, emotionally what it can shift and its spiritual qualities. So how, how do you actually work with these points when, when you're in a session with a client, you know, body intuitive as many point combinations or single points? Do you instruct the client to tap on or touch the acupoint? Uh, you know, uh, how does this work for you, Judy? Well, there's a, I can use them in a whole lot of different ways, but I mean, a couple of different things come to mind. There was one patient who um, I did this eye movement technique therapy with. It's, it's related to EMDR, but it's called ART, Accelerated Resolution Therapy. And um, we, we had the session and it was clear that she was somebody who um, had had a lot of trauma and was in you know, quite a bit of distress. And so I told her about this point that um, if she would massage it, that it would help burn away suffering. And also I um, recommended that she tap on the top of her head to align her will with the will of heaven and she felt so moved by that she just loved it and it helped to ease um her distress and gave her this tool to take home with her um to make use of i have another patient who um has suffered from symptoms of chronic fatigue and um it's been so helpful to offer him um stomach 36 you know on his leg that is just this point that um, increases his like physical endurance, but also um, just gives him some kind of emotional feeling of having greater stamina and courage. Um, so there's just like there's a whole variety of uses for them there and and there's so many of them and they have such a variety of meanings and um, you can combine them with um, essential oils and with flower essences the the um, possibilities for creative use of them are pretty infinite. Yeah, it is. It's amazing to see what even one acupoint can do, just stimulating one little point on the body. It sort of begins this, this cascade of, you know, energy circulation and blood flow and rebalancing. Um, and it is, it is wonderful to be able to offer um, the points as a way to do mind body balance. So uh, thank you so much, Judy, very, very interesting and, and wonderful to hear that, you know, you as a, as a medical doctor and a psychiatrist are, you know, incorporating these mind body techniques in your practice. This is Dr. Janet, and we'll be back to talk about emotional healing with our guest Judy and Leah after this short commercial break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What if you had an easy way to reset your mind and body out of overwhelm in just a couple of minutes and every single day? Elemental resets are easy to apply, gorgeously restorative 
and allow you to have emotional as well as energetic balance. Elemental Reset from Body Intuitive restores your natural healing ability from the inside out, connecting you with all of nature. The Elemental Reset course gives you six self-care survival tools to increase your healing superpowers, to energize, detox, calm, and rejuvenate yourself. This course is available today as an e-course or live in person in San Diego, February 26th. For more information and to register, visit us at bodyintuitive.org. Does it feel like something is wrong, but all your tests come back normal? Does your doctor downplay your symptoms? You've tried every medication, pill, detox tea, supplement, and you're still seeing no improvements? Your body has healing superpowers. Your body intuitive practitioner can find what's wrong. A body intuitive practitioner is waiting to unlock the story behind your symptoms. Register for your first body intuitive session today at bodyintuitive.org. Book by March 1st for 50% off on your first session. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to the marvel of mind-body medicine. If you have questions for Dr. Janet and Dr. Laura or their guests, please email us at healing at bodyintuitive.org. That's healing at bodyintuitive.org. Now, back to the show. So welcome back, everyone. Before the break, we were talking to Judy and Leah about their experience with mind-body modalities and their clinical practice. Um, Now we're going to turn to a discussion of how the four of us as mind-body practitioners support people in this process we've been talking about, unravel unraveling emotional holdings from everything that we've lived through that's stuck in our in our bodies and impacting our health. And I'm going to infuse a little science in before we move on. So I'm going to talk about the science of how our brains store memories, in particular, memories that are traumatic, where, you know, bad or challenging things happen, and the brain wants to remember. So a few years back, scientists made little helmets for mice that had MRI machines in them. And this allowed them to look at what neurons were lighting up in the mouse brains as mouse w- as the mice went through, let's say, um, a challenging mouse day. And they were able to see that memories that are that have a commonality essentially, wire together in the brain. And I want to say, give you an example of this. So this research basically has shown that if, let's say I'm on a walk at a local trail and I see a mountain lion in the distance and that brings on a panic attack and my brain really imprints on that. It, it stores in my brain. So a few months later, I'm on a different trail and in my visual field, I see a squirrel move by and I jump out of my skin because it triggers 
the first memory of the mountain lion. And now I have a new memory and it's only a squirrel. It's not dangerous, but the two memories basically um, wire together in adjacent neural networks. They're like stored in the same little area of my brain. And then as I move on, every time I go for a walk, I'm more and more afraid of any animal I see. So most of our traumas today aren't actually predators uh, or potential predators, but they're related to losses and fears and, you know, circumstances and situations that, that aggravate us. Um, and Dr. Janet now is going to carry on this conversation and talk about how we apply this understanding of related memories on a theme being integrated in the brain to support um, rapid recovery of people with the mind-body approach that we use in Body Intuitive. Yeah, so in the body intuitive system, we have a technique to help resolve these emotional holdings called the ER technique. Um, and we discuss these emotional holdings in terms of file drawers. For example, a client may have been abandoned by their father during childhood. And then growing up, they may have lost friendships or other family members and found it very challenging to process these losses, these experiences emotionally. So then as they get older, every loss of a friendship or relationship feels like a traumatic event to them. And so we say that the name on this file drawer is abandonment. This is the abandonment file drawer. So in Body Intuitive, we try to get at the theme or the stressor and the associated emotion contained within the file drawer, right? We don't want just one of those files, i.e. my father abandoned me. We want to try to get at the whole file drawer, if possible, to help release the emotional history around the many experiences of being abandoned. So, Leah, tell us a story about how you work with these so-called emotional file drawers in your practice. Okay, well, when emotional resolution comes up and there are, you know, by the time people come to me, they have accumulated a lot of experience. Um, I'm thinking in particular of one client who during COVID um was in a terrible state of panic and anxiety. She was living with her uh, parents who had autoimmune conditions. So she was afraid of going out. She was afraid of everything and afraid of taking a vaccine. And so what, what it actually related to were prior instances in her life where she had been traumatized in her marriage, in uh, and the uncertainty of an unpredictable relationship, and uh, fear and panic, and so how we would go about it is is to uh, using that mind body medicine technique of seeing where are we going to start and have her begin with the technique, and just by sweeping back and forth over that file drawer, multiple layers of the panic and anxiety that she was experiencing during COVID were touched with the prior 
trauma of her marriage and the prior to that. So um, it could be very powerful. And even if you start at step A, by the time of sweeping back and forth using that technique, you could get to D, M, Q, you know, you have no idea how much can be done in one technique, but a lot of just layer upon layer uh, can be done with that emotional resolution technique. Thank you for that example, Leah. That That's a beautiful example. And um, I'm going to uh, turn it over to you now, Judy. So in your work with your patients, do you see like in any given session, um, kind of working with a set of memories that have some sort of commonality, um, like an emotional, you know, memories of grief and loss or memories of fearful experiences. So can you tell us about that? Well, that's just sort of foundational to the whole, it's sort of the premise of the process in a certain kind of way that whatever is being presented that, um, is distressing that very often there are antecedents that um, relate to their experiences in childhood in the family when there was, you know, losses or traumas or disruptions of attachment that are re-experienced again and again in adulthood. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of the, the underlying sort of assumption. So, We're going to turn to one of our favorite topics of the week, which is our Be Healthy tip. And um, Judy introduced this earlier, which is the, the incredible potential of one acupoint that has, um, Um, mental, emotional balancing qualities, spiritual balancing superpowers. And um, Dr. Janet has one of those points to share with us today. And it's, it is a favorite acupoint of mine. So Janet, what is our our, um, acupoint um, tip of the week going to be? Well, we talked earlier about the effects of of stress on the different organ systems in in Chinese medicine. And we mentioned the effect of stress on on the liver, um, the effect of stress on the spleen. And of course, there is the effect of stress on the heart. And you know, in terms of the effect of stress directly on the on the heart, like the organ system in Chinese medicine, you know, we know that uh, heart attacks and, and heart issues is the number one killer uh, in the U.S. And uh, in the opinion of Chinese doctors, this is because we really can't deal with balancing the emotions of the heart. So the heart is kind of the core emotional center in the body. And if the heart is happy, then the heart communicates kind of happy emotions to all of the other organ systems and all of the other meridian systems. So we know that, you know, creating balance, stability, 
um, a sense of of, of peace uh, and a sense of harmony within the heart is really essential to this process. I think we all know this. Like when we when we really know something, you know, we say, "I know this." We point to our hearts, right? So we put our hand on our hearts and we say, "I know this," because when we have our hand in our heart, it means that we we know something um, at the deepest level. So um, I'm just, you know, giving this little bit of background because although we all kind of know this, sometimes we have to be reminded about the importance of keeping our hearts happy and emotionally balanced. Um, And so if we talk for a second about um, you know, techniques that work with this, I, I happen to think that balancing points along the heart meridian um, is one of the best techniques to, to work with balancing the heart system. Now, uh, the heart meridian has nine points. And in Chinese medicine, they always tell us... <laughs> Uh, be careful about needling any one of those nine points because they say the heart is the emperor and the emperor does not like to be touched. So, um, so we have to be careful. So that made us all very fearful. We were in Chinese medical school and even afterward in our practices, like, oh, we really want to stimulate one of these heart points to balance the heart, but they told us to be careful, you know, and you would like, you know, your hand would be shaking when you put the needle in. Um, but today we're going to focus on a point heart seven. Heart seven is an amazing point. First of all, it's really easy to find because it's right at the wrist crease on the side, on the little little finger side of the wrist. So if you just follow the little finger down and you get to the wrist, the wrist crease right on the side there, that's heart seven. Um, So it's really easy to find. And um, it's, it, you know, Shen Men is the point. And basically, it balances the emperor, right? It balances the whole heart system. It brings you into contact with this peace, stability. You know, it's a feel good point. And our listeners can work with it through tapping on it. Um, you know, both uh, Judy and Leah uh, mentioned, you know, working with with acupoints, you can also work with it uh, with essential oils. Um, one of the, the oils that the heart loves is rose oil. It also loves Ylang Ylang oil or your favorite oil, lavender oil. So you can work with it and you can tap on this point um, every day to bring balance and stability to the heart. And then that feel good heart is going to spread those emotions throughout the whole body. So that is my tip of the day. And well, we'd like to thank our guests very much, Judy and Leah, for joining us today. It's a very engaging discussion of what's possible with mind-body approaches to healing from emotional challenges and traumas. Yes. Thanks, Judy and Leah. It was great to have you here. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking about the power of our belief systems and our mindsets and how we work with that in mind-body medicine to facilitate healing. We're going to have famous cookbook author Janet Podleski here, and she's going to tell us about that. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. And please remember, have hope. Your body has answers. If you're interested in exploring mind-body approaches, connect to us, www.bodyintuitive.org. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Marvel of Mind-Body Medicine. It's our mission to remind you that your body wants to heal. Join us again next week. Be well and remember, your body has answers. We'd like to share a special thank you to our friends, Flying Mystics. If you enjoyed their music as much as we do, you can find them at flyingmystics.com. That's www.flyingmystics.com.